What's going on, everybody? Welcome back in for another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. It is preseason poll day. We've been we've been wondering this whole time. I think on the last one, it wasn't official of when we knew it was going to happen. We've been talking off the pod, obviously, because it took five months to have the previous one of when it was going to be, and we had and we thought it was maybe end of September, but now it's in the middle of October. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. No, it's a big day, obviously. The women's came out yesterday, or we found out yesterday. It was confirmed for both. Theirs yesterday, ours today. We will dive into that. There's some surprises. We were, you know, I'm just thinking of trying to compare it to uh, what the Red Ribbon was you know, a couple months ago, and it's, it's pretty different than that. So we'll dive into that along with some other stuff. What's going on? Yeah, definitely um, some, some surprises, obviously. Um, these the the votes were put in before some news of a valley school that is I thought would would still be too high where it was if they were healthy but um yeah there's some surprises I think there's some teams that are being slept on then there's some teams that need to be moved down a little bit but um wasn't surprised with uh the other the other awards given out I mean if you look at it uh. Just looking at, I, di- I didn't like the six people on the first team, but it is what it is, and there's not really a surprise elsewhere on the other teams. Yeah, you're right, because <clears throat> I've already mentioned from the get go. There's also, yeah, first, second, third teams announced. Uh, before we get to it, though, just thinking about how haven't they in years past? Like they do it a certain way. They did it. I just remember certain pictures they post of things and predict maybe that's for whenever they officially come out, but they don't obviously do newcomer or freshman or, you know, defensive or any, anything like that preseason. Right. I'm thinking of the ones they do when they confirm it after the year. Correct. They don't do any of that for preseason. Makes sense. But we do. Right. We will. And that's what I was also going to say is on the, on our next episode, we will have the season preview We'll have like we'll predict maybe what our win loss record is going to be. We'll try to predict what we think and hope the rotation can be more in depth with that stuff. And then we'll have our conference award standings predictions then for what they could be at the end of the year. Now that these were here, I think we'll just go ahead and do that uh, next week. So it'll be a big one next week. So yeah, that we'll have a team update today. Uh, small recruiting update because there was a guy we talked about last one that's already headed somewhere else a 2024 offer. And we will get into all that stuff. There's some Ken Palm rankings, and we'll even dive quickly into surprise and the OVC and their preseason poll. And then we'll end again with previewing next week's pod. So, no, let's dive into a quick team update to start. We know how it was uh, on the previous one, and we went through media day. You know, teams have been practicing. And, Noah, just yesterday, when it was three weeks from the November 7th game, again, the home opener against Little Rock, which is now 19 days away, the team posted a picture of them. Just it looks like a scrimmage, you no, know, white against maroon. But you notice referees there, and I immediately think, you know, that's like a kind of scrimmage, a red or, or a white and maroon scrimmage that we would love to see, you know, as fans. This is something that they should have maybe fans at. Uh, and you're just looking at the teams there, you know, you don't take too much from like the white. There's some people, you know, some players in the white jerseys that you can see, obviously being more on the rotation, I think about it. And then I see someone like Cade have the white. I don't think there's too much into it. Maybe they were just devising up, you know, better uh, matchups for white and maroon. But we'll dive into that because, like I said, this should be maybe a fan thing with the refs and a joint scrimmage because 
I noticed Illinois State had some huge dinner or some huge event that they had yesterday. Last night, a night with the Redbirds where they have tons of people show up. They have like a dinner. They have a huge thing on a stage for it. We talked about how we don't do this stuff, Noah. But like I said, the one yesterday, and you can dive into other ones quickly that other teams have had. The one we had yesterday, she probably should have had some fans at it. And maybe, you know, maybe not, not on a Tuesday night, but on just, you know, a Friday night or a Saturday night or something, have fans at for like a scrimmage like that. Yeah, I think it's just – it's really disappointing that we don't have any of that. A lot of other Valley schools do it. Like you mentioned, Illinois State had theirs. Um, Drake does theirs outside on um, like a blue and black, like they bring it in a basketball court, like a half court. They have a little thing. Uh, Evansville had a scrimmage, I believe it was Saturday night. They had all their fans at. Murray State's is tomorrow night. So a lot of the other Valley schools do it, and it's just – disappointing that we don't do it. I'm pretty sure, like I've said before, I remember going to as a kid something like where they have a scrimmage. I mean, I'd love to see it. It get more you get fans out there and to learn more about the team um before the season starts. But obviously all we get is a uh I guess a in the late July a meet the Salukis. You can go over there which starts at five o'clock before anybody gets off. So not a lot of people make it over there for that. Yeah, that is the only thing we do. And that's, you know, that's fine. It seems like it's really early. Like I just remember last year seeing like Foster in a boot and stuff like that's just so whatever in the off season that I, you know, I think it would be better to have it near the end of the year. I mean, that's still three months or more before the season starts. So yeah, they probably should. I mean, they should definitely have something for the fans. Like, they just want us to see the team right off the bat because we mentioned how there's – and we'll get to it, you know, shortly after this right away about just a little bit more specifics on the Alabama exhibition. Now that that's a road exhibition that usually we have home games and you can see the team that way, but they just want us to see us right off the bat end of the season. So it, they definitely should have something. You're right. Other teams have it. It only makes sense. I don't know if that's what it, what it could be based on. Obviously, it's, you know, certain – uh, resources some teams have compared to others, or obviously it's just a staff, like, you know, as a program, like what they want to do. And obviously I guess we don't want to do that. So we mentioned the, yeah, like I said, the home exhibitions could have got a taste of that, but we don't have that. So let's segue now, Noah, into that exhibition that we talked about on the last one. It seems like we posted about it before the act, the team actually did. And they did about five days ago. Uh, just some more specifics on it a little bit. A 40 minute regular regulation game. Proceeds from the contest will benefit the community service programs of West Alabama's Alberta Head Start program as a social injustice initiative supporting the local community. They have a link for tickets on here if people want to show up. We've seen some people, I think, quote when they put it on Twitter about how, how awesome it'd be to make it. I'm not sure off the top of my head how far Tuscaloosa obviously is, you know, five or more hours away. It'd be something cool to go to, Noah, uh, to 2 o'clock on October 29th. We talked about how it's important. I'm not sure how, you know, maybe what tickets would be there. That would be cool to, uh, to go to. No, obviously, you know, Alabama as a whole program itself and the team that they're going to be, we've talked about how excited of a, a matchup this is. It seems like it's getting more talked about than even the other secret scrimmage of Kansas State, which is this Saturday that no one's talking about in Kansas City. But, no, obviously, this is a big one, and it'd be really cool to go to. And maybe – you know, we could get fans there. I don't know if that's something we'll ever find out about. 
I mentioned at the end on the next episode, we might preview Alabama shortly just, just as a thing, even though we know they're really good. We might not do that. But, Noah, that's something, again, that we would love to know more information about. And it's it's cool that they're selling tickets to it. So it's actually a, a legit exhibition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the proceeds, like you said, go to a good cause. And um, I'm sure there will be a lot of people out there. Um, and it's a good opportunity just to see where we're at. Obviously, we do have that one coming up against in Kansas City against Kansas State. Um but yeah, this is a good opportunity against a really good Alabama team. Um, I think they had a scrimmage uh, a couple days ago. They lost uh, the TCU in a close loss, I think. So uh, both really good teams, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good opportunity. Hopefully, um, I looked on their website on their schedule to see if there was any at least maybe. Uh, a radio or a broadcast of some court there isn't but there is a live stats button on there so hopefully we can get some stats from it and see how we did great job by you to find that i think that's something i'm glad you looked ahead of time for you know instead of like a last second thing of trying to like because we mentioned how we might try to dm somebody about you know if they could let us know about it but you're right on that hopefully and we recall I think it was just word of mouth and seeing on something that we saw about the one last year. So hopefully for, yeah, for this Saturday or Alabama, we could find some stats. That would be very ideal to know how we would do against those teams that we've said, obviously leave us battle tested going into our season. Uh, So there's that again on the next one, we might preview Alabama before that game Uh, just as something small for it. Like I said, we know they're good. We know they'll be obviously a really tough test for us. So we might do that. So there's that. And then Noah quickly, I just saw that uh, obviously a couple of days ago, we, we know uh, Brian and Nick Hill of football were going to give out free Chick-fil-A to students who show their ticket when they were at the homecoming game and the dog pound uh, showing up throughout the student center. They did that. So that was cool to see. And Noah caught our eye, even though it obviously doesn't matter at all. But we saw on their Instagram, if you keep scrolling, there's some kid who just looks like he's at least six, seven. And you can dive into it if you want. Obviously, like I said, it doesn't matter. It just caught our eye that it's a kid who looks like he should be on the basketball team. He's out of East St. Louis, it appears. He's talking to Brian and Nick. He wanted some free Chick-fil-A. And it looks like, Noah, he should be he, – he is probably on some basketball court or on some basketball team, but it looks like he needs to be on ours, Noah. That caught our eye on their Instagram. Yeah, when you sent it to me, and uh, I honestly – I recognize him right away. Because obviously I go to, or you sometimes go with me, but I go to a lot of big tournaments or shootouts of call or of high school basketball. And I recognize this kid. Um, he spent, I found him, he spent two years at Kaskaskia Community College, um, a 6'9", 240-pound uh, guy. Looks like he's lost some weight. And then, but, uh, yeah, this is a, I'd be a heck of a, Heck of a practice player if they still do that kind of stuff or something because if he's playing intramurals over there, I'd hate to be facing him. I mean, even – I mean, he was talking to Nick and looked like – I mean, throwing a wide receiver or something. That's just crazy that an athlete like that can go, you know, amongst student center and the school without even getting a lay. He just caught our eye and it was like, wow, he should be on the basketball team or something. That's funny, but yeah. 
nice player who is venturing elsewhere and figure other things out. You're right. I figured some kind of, uh, heck, we know we had, they had walk-ons not too long ago, I thought, or they might have had that or, you know, opportunities. Maybe he could have whatever, but that caught our eye. So then that's it for the team update for now. Um, and then now, Noah, quick recruiting update. We talked about this kid on the last one from November or uh, September 23rd, rather. Garrison Phelps, he took a, a visit and he was, you know, in the arena taking pictures on the court, him and his parents, it looks like. And no, you went through the teams that were interested in him la- or last week. And we remember Missouri State being one, but no, it didn't take long for this kid to commit. He did just the other day. Yeah, he did. I mean, he took a visit. It's just another one we get on camp- campus and it feels like they go elsewhere. Um, but this kid is from out in Arizona playing ball out there. But he's headed to Utah State, a very good program that's in the in the tournament almost every year if and battling every March. So this is a good get for them. This has been a nice wing player we could have added. Um, but, yeah, he went elsewhere. I would like to see his tape. I, I never got a chance to do that. So, I mean, he's going to a – Pretty good caliber basketball program over there. So yeah, you're right. Maybe he just wanted to stay that side of the country, perhaps, and and go there. That was one will uh, that we missed out on, and one that you know maybe we'll look back on. But you're right. We need to keep you know as long as we have them on visits, we need to keep them somehow. And obviously, it's not going to work out for everybody. We talked about Canard uh, Davis. Hopefully, that can work out for him in terms of when he was here, how you can sell him. And then whenever his commitment date is, we talked about how he has not came out with that yet. He is the big fish. So Noah, then there was four days ago, also a 2024 guard that we had a combo guard that we offered dive into him a little bit. Yeah. A little combo guard uh, plays for uh, team hero for AAU. Um, also part of Phenom university, six, three, six, three guard Bennett Basich. Um, place for Arrowhead High School. Um, really good. Looks like your type of Brian Mullins player. Um, a guy that really can flat out shoot the ball, but he can distribute things. A really good shooting guard, I'd say, at that 6-3 position up in Wisconsin. Um, another Wisconsin guy we're starting to recruit. Um, we know we like that area. Obviously, we got Marcus Damask from up in that area. So um, that's a 2024 guy to keep your eye watch a little bit of his highlights. He can just really shoot the ball. And uh, he's a pretty good, as it looks like he has pretty good IQ just watching his tape. Nice, yeah. And then you mentioned Wisconsin. Yeah, and he tagged Pat Monahan, So we know he had ties. And we think Pat obviously had a big reason why we were able to get Marcus here and stuff. So Pat is, is good with those northern states of – getting guys, you know, potentially. And, yeah, this is a guy I'll have to worry about next year, but it is one that we'll put on the bulletin board of others of others of a short list that we have. We know you have a uh, a spreadsheet for those, and we'll dive into that as time goes on. I'm really concerned about that in the moment. 2023, we've talked about, is the one that we are focused on. And then, Noah, quickly, I, cause, just because I saw it and it caught my eye, obviously, I remember seeing some things about, uh, you know, obviously what other – Valley teams are doing in terms of their recruiting. Didn't UIC offer a five-star? When was it today or yesterday? Dive into him just real fast. Obviously, that's one we don't want them to land. And then if there's any others that have caught your eye around the Valley, but that seems to be the biggest one. Yeah, there's been there's been here and there. Um, 
offering here and there. You don't see a lot recently. Everybody, obviously, everybody's getting ready um, for the season. Um, but they did offer one. If I could find it here, I lost it. I thought I had it, but uh, I just uh, remember seeing a five star from Team Irvin or something off the top of my head. I know they did uh, land Mac to- Irvin. Yeah, they did land, or they did offer uh, Josh Pickett. Uh, he's a five star. That's who. That's who he, I found it. Five star Josh Pickett, six five point guard, um, plays for West Aurora and also plays for Mac Irvin, like you mentioned. So has a, I mean. I don't know if that's actual. I haven't looked him up. I know some guys just put stuff in their bio to get attention. Um, as I look him up here real quick, because I have no idea if, if he's an actual five star. I know he posted out uh, a welcome to Chicago, but put ha- hashtag uh, not committed on there. Um uh, but all I can find, he's not a five star. I think he just lied in his bio. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean that's um, their head coach blanking on his name. That it's like, yeah, I mean if let's get in touch with this kid and then keep him around and whatever. And then that was a cool edit that he posted. That just definitely caught my eye because I know obviously we follow and you do big time about other Valley teams that come. I didn't know if there was anything else to talk about. It'd be a shame if he was lying about about what he was, but hey, he um, has no 24 seven account or anything. So um, I'd say that's just to get the attention and looks like a uh, old coach uh, Lowry was in from Northwestern to see him today. So uh, he's getting a lot of attention. So um, being 2024, he may end up a five-star who knows. Yeah, and he'll probably end up sticking around Chicago. So hopefully he can go to Northwestern and not have to worry about going to USI potentially. So someone will have to worry about down the road. So now, no, let's dive into the big stuff that happened today, the stuff we've been waiting for, as we said. We mentioned how on the Blue Ribbon Committee about how it looked and the predictions for that. And obviously it's it's pretty different than what the one came out today. Noah, you mentioned how the other day they were putting in their final – uh, votes for this and we knew we were going to be near the top i think i just remember mike on in the dog in the dog house a couple weeks ago mentioning how they are going to be picked blah 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 that was after the blue ribbon committee and and it, you know it seems like it's been tabbed by everybody that we are going to be near the top and that's what we are remember on that one we were number two i think some expectations had us at two but no they had us at three with one first place vote dive into obviously uh, well, we'll go through this one through 12. And I remember because and whether you you know have it on there, because we talked about while we're doing this about ranking who we thought if you had it written down or obviously if we just went through, and we don't have to obviously just hit me about all these teams and where they're non-con ranked in terms of us. You know, I think maybe we've gone through them before on here or on the last one. I don't think so. We were talking amongst ourselves of which ones were better than ours. And we were near the top of that. We can do that if you want, but go ahead and dive into one through 12, what this is. And obviously where we rank, like I said. Yeah, obviously. um, Basically, if you look, if you look at the preseason poll, um, I mean, Murray, besides Murray state, um, usually the top play the best non-con, but uh, obviously besides one vote from us and one vote for Bradley, Drake was, Easily by far picked to win the league. 
Um, everybody knew this was going to happen um, with the returns um, of who they have in Roman Pan and Garrett Sturts and obviously Tucker DeVries, who was picked to win player of the year. Um, I'd like to see if anybody puts out how close that voting was. I'm probably sure it wasn't close, but um, Mark Smash should be highly up there. Him and only a couple others I could think of to vote for. Um, obviously, Bra- Bradley is second, right in front of us. Um, looking at the looking at the point totals, it was by five points, so um, that's a very close margin right there between Bradley and we were picked third, um, which I have no problem with. Um, I'd like to see us second right there. Um, in my personal one, I had us over Bradley in that one, but uh, at four was the Missouri State Bears, which doesn't surprise me because that's where I would have them. I would have them up in the top four um, with the talent they have in, but um, I thought some of the chatter was they have a brand-new team that'd be picked lower in the Valley, which is ended up not the case, so um, that is a good one. Five is Northern Iowa. Obviously, the news of Austin Five still battling um, his health issues. Um, I think that's way too high for them. Even with a healthy five, I'd, I wouldn't put them at the fifth-best team in the Valley. Uh, six is Belmont. I would have them higher. Um, I really like Ben Shepard and what they have down there in Nashville. Seven, Indiana State. Really interesting team. Excited to see what Coach Schertz has going for them again. Eight is Murray State, which I think is the most slept-on team. Obviously, a lot of new faces, a lot of new Division One transfers, but um, the collective of transfers they got in Steve Prom, I think that's way too low, but this is a new conference and a new team, so nobody knows ro- really what to expect, but I expect big things from them. Nine is Valpo, 10 Illinois State, 11 UIC, and lowly Evansville got a whopping 68 uh, points so in their voting system. So um, their pick last doesn't, doesn't surprise us. Um, but a couple surprises, some teams a little high, some teams a little low, in my opinion. But um, pick third, I'm ex- I expect to be picked top three. Um, personally, I'd have a second, but um, not mad at third by that little margin at all. No, I think the the margin between us and Bradley just shows that it almost was appeared to be a, a coin flip. And we've talked about, and we'll talk about these teams clearly as the season goes on, uh, you know, that they've brought in new players and we've talked about how maybe, you know, they have someone that's going to be in for, you know, pop weather is going to be in for newcomer of the year potentially. And they have nice players. They always find a way. I mean, Brian Wardle always finds a way. And like I said, it's like, it seemed like a coin flip. And it's you're right, only five points between us is a huge 100-point gap between Drake and everybody else. That's reasonable. Yeah, it's hard to, in general, complain about being this high because I don't recall in the Brian era, Noah, do we recall this has got to be the highest we've been picked. We know we've been – we got picked 10th his second year or his first year. And then two years ago, I'm not sure exactly. We know that ended up being a lost season when Marcus got hurt. But preseason, not sure. And then last year we were picked around, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth. And this is probably the highest we've been picked under Brian, right? So it's really hard to complain about this positioning. It is it is four, which is, you're right, Missouri State is exactly where they need to be in that top four. 
The difference, well, there's not really a difference. Them and Murray stay, they are brand new, about 99% new. It's just, but they're bringing in like quality caliber. Some are unknown of like some what their best player is going to be, but some are, uh, you know, coming in from other nice, you know, universities to come in. And so I think that's perfect. You're right. You and I is too high. And we'll dive into when we get to the team because he is on one of the teams, Austin Five, and his status. His whole career is up in the air, apparently. So it's crazy how them and Missouri State were only two points, uh, you know, between one another. And Belmont is will be around. They seem perfect around six. They do have Ben Shepard. We'll get to him. He's a stud. Indiana State, we've talked about them. They will be very, very like a dark horse in this thing because of who they added, who they got coming back, their versatility we've talked about. Murray, Murray and Indiana State have about 20 points in between them. Uh, we mentioned Murray. Yeah, they will be. They will not finish eighth. There's been talk around how that will not happen. I can, barring anything, barring something crazy, they will not finish that. I think Valpo might be a little too high because I think a lot of people are high on Illinois State. Uh, you know, obviously, they got a, a, a couple of nice quality transfers, as we know. Valpo might be a little too high. We know they got a a, a, a first teamer on there to lead the way. U, UIC, no one's you know talking about one bit. As we've talked about, they will come in with athleticism and quality play. And then you Evansville, which everyone's high on Evansville, Noah, because obviously Ragland's done a good job and, you know, fielding a quality team and taking over what it was. And we got to obviously uh, expect a whole new play style from what Todd Licklider had. We can expect Evansville to be very, very competitive this year. Noah, I mentioned how this is the highest we've been. And under Brian, that's got to be the case, right? And then, uh, like I said, people are maybe – if you had to pick a biggest sleep right of all these teams again, you know, of the bottom half teams, who would you pick? Yeah, obviously, um, this is the highest we've been picked under Brian. I think, like you said, it was 10, then I think back-to-back years of fifth, and now we're third. So, um, obviously, this is the best team he's had, so expect to be picked higher than we have been. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the bottom half, I mean, Murray State – is way too low, but excluding them, I think, I think Illinois State, like you said, I mean, the transfers they got in, I think, um, could be really interesting. See what kind of program Coach Peden has done uh, over the offseason. Obviously, um, interesting. Obviously, guys like Luke Kazabuke and Seneca Knight coming in with the players that have stayed there, and they have some nice players um elsewhere brought in as well so um it's gonna be interesting um they could be in the mix i mean everybody's besides those top four just thinking of arch or march bandits ahead that thursday is gonna be crazy so it's gonna be awesome to see but yeah illinois state excluding murray because i think murray's the most slept on team in the valley with the collective of uh, talent they have in obviously Missouri State got a lot of high power high power P- power five talent but the collective of talent Murray State has I really like yeah I know me too and just thinking about some of their more of their personnel remembering how how much we wanted Brian Moore months back and that he's there and uh, somebody obviously him being one of the best Juco players in the in the country going there uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Thursday night will be unbelievable because I 
there will not be any cakewalks of any kind. There never really is. You could say Evansville last year should have been, and we talked about how we were in the middle of the pack and we took care of business and beating everybody below us. That, you know, obviously with the team we want to be and live up to two or three in here, we got to obviously take care of as much as we can around. But this is obviously with the two added teams, but just in general, it'll be the deepest, most difficult uh, conference season in a while just because of the teams. Maybe not. There's obviously a lot of star power, and we'll get to some of the star power here in a second. But I think it's more of just like overall team competitiveness from one to twelve. It seems like that's going to be the case. You know, I we would expect to beat U, UIC and Evansville, but like I said, UIC has got athletes. Like that's something that can be tough matchups. You expect to have athletes yourself, but sometimes that's all they have. You might be a little bit more like better overall, but they have more athletes, and that can obviously change the game, change a game. So. I think Murray and Missouri State, even with the new faces, yeah, it just seems like th- that's two. They will not be, you know, where they're picked here. They will be picked in the top five or finish in the top five, I would like to say. Or I would like to think, and we mentioned how next one will have our full of what we think it's going to be at the end of the season. So, no, let's dive into now the teams, the preseason teams. We talked about how and a lot of people have a problem with six. No, it seems like that's with the expanded conference – it, you know, because obviously this is six, half of the whole conference of 12. And I remember people talking about how you can only f- obviously have five people on a court. It seems like, no, this is just, like I said, just an expansion of the conference. But it doesn't seem like this needs to happen because it only needs to be five. Adding one more just honestly doesn't really make any sense. What are your thoughts? And dive into dive into these teams or definitely the first team after you get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I really don't think it needs to be. I mean. It's it's too much. I've been saying if you if you follow other conferences, uh, like the OVC or the Big Ten, they do ten. They just do a all all preseason team. They do ten people. Um, it's just crazy. I don't like the six, um, but it is what it is. I just don't like it. I would like the reasoning. I don't see. I've never seen – I don't think there's ever been a six before that I can remember. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You, like you like you said, there only can be five on a quarter at a time. So, um, But these fir- the first team is obviously led by Tucker DeVries, who I mentioned earlier, picked to win the Larry Bird Player of the Year, uh, followed by Marcus Damask, Ben Crickey, Rink Mast, Roman Penn, and Ben Shepard of Belmont. Um, I have no problem with this team. Um, I think Ring Mass is the best big in the league. Um, I'd have Kirky on that second team, um, to make it five, um, or take slide Roman Pin down. Um, but have no problem with the guys. I just don't like the six. Uh, second team, um, Bowen Bourne. Expect him to make a really big jump. Obviously, AJ Green's gone, so somebody's going to have to take over the the scoring of that team, uh, followed by Donovan Clay of Missouri State, Lance Jones of Arsalukis, Cooper Neese, and Garrett Sturts. Um, no big man on that team. That'd be a team I wouldn't want to play offense against because Clay, Clay and Lance and Sturts can play some defense. And third team, Cam Henry, Kobe King, Rob Perry of Murray State, um, probably going to be um, – one of the newcomers, if not the newcomer of the year, Austin Fife, um, then DJ Wilkins. Um, 
a lot of Drake guys getting the getting the votes, um, being here forever. Yeah, I think it's just because we haven't seen six on the first time. It doesn't make sense. Just slide everybody down a notch. We've talked about how uh, Fife, and I guess so to say it now since he's on the third team, just going through articles that they've had over there, that he is still, you know, he had blood clots in his lungs. And if I recall, as a Heat fan, I just remember, you know, Chris Bosh immediately, you know, maybe he had blood clots elsewhere. But I feel like if he had blood clots anywhere, you should call it a career. And they're saying there's a real chance that obviously he doesn't play this year. Latest health issue has ended his playing career. So obviously it's just who he is. He's been an amazing player in this conference. We just talked, you know, off air before about how he finished first in the Valley a couple of years ago. That was mainly because of AJ green. And it seems like he's, he's, he's been just eh, over the last couple of years. And it's been because of this, we know before that, you know, he was, he wasn't – I remember a game we had there, I guess, in the COVID season at third place. We almost beat him, and Fife was missing easy bunnies and stuff. It's like – and that was pre-blood club, and now it just seems like he doesn't need to be on here because of that. But you're right, as you said, it came out with that. I think that should have, should have been a – you know, like a – I guess people knew that beforehand, but they just go off his name about how good he is. So this might end up – you know, they're not going to change it how it is preseason. It'll just end up differently than that, obviously, throughout – that clearly changes things with you and I. And also, yeah, them being fifth will change a lot of that. Uh, so to slide everybody down, Ben Shepard, clearly he's, you know, we mentioned how on the blue ribbon that Rod Perry was picked to win newcomer of the year. It seemed like Ben Shepard because he's picked for the first team and he's going to be on a team projecting the top six, which Murray will be in the top six probably as well, but uh, that he's good enough to be on here, but should just slide everybody down. As you said, yeah, Drake's got a lot of people on this. And uh, just, I mean, Roman Penn in general, we talked about, he'll be fine for conference play, but we know he's still dealing with his foot injury uh, and they're hoping to get him back around mid-November, but no real timetable was given. Uh, so that's interesting. Just things about how how their non-con's going to play out if they don't have their point guard. It seems like they always find a way, uh, you know, in their, their early games, if he's not there, if they, if they drop a couple of those, that hurts their, you know, some things they'll probably still find a way, like I said, but that hurt that might hurt them at some point down the road in general of non con and how they're deemed at the end of the season. So that's a hit, but he will be back. And obviously, he's good enough to be on that first team. Yeah, Rink Mass seems like if he's on the pick second or third, you know, on the team in the valley that he need his team in general that he definitely needs to be on here. You're right, best big in the valley. Seems like Cricky does need to move down, but we mentioned Shepard probably just move everybody down a bit. Uh, Lance obviously deserve Marcus deserved first team hundred percent. You mentioned how, you know, what the votes were for MVP. We would think that Marcus would be right behind him probably in terms of just talent and overall, you know, uh, whatever record, obviously Marcus's career to this point. And then yeah, Lance deserving of second team. And then yeah, Drake having a lot of people. Cooper Nice on the blue ribbon was picked all conference. Bowen Bourne is going to have to lead the way. If they don't have five, if they don't have A.J. Green, he's going to have to lead the way for sure. Don will be the leader on Missouri State. And then Cam Henry is going to be a dog again this year. He was just getting his feet wet last year. Kobe, of course, makes sense. You mentioned Perry and then five. And then Wilkins, clearly he's one we got to remember. He didn't even play in the tournament. He got hurt in the game against us right at the end of the regular season. He didn't even play in the tournament, and we still couldn't beat him, and they still went to the championship. So he will obviously be a factor this year. Uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, we talked about how we'll have our picks uh, next week for what these could be. 
overall thoughts though. No, obviously we talked about maybe for newcomer that there's a couple on here, I guess only two and other newcomers. It'd be nice for us to have, not saying we'll have any other guys make an all Valley team, but no, we'll be pushing. We might have some of our guys next week or for all newcomer team. There'll be a lot of new newcomers in this league. A lot of parity, like I said, from top to bottom in the league, but player wise, a lot of parity with newcomers and just overall talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I seen today uh, just one uh, Valley Hoops fan account had uh, Coach Mullins winning Coach of the Year. Then I seen him had uh, Lance Jones, I think, as Defensive Player of the Year. Then he had Jawan Newton as Sixth Man of the Year. So um, a lot of love for out there. Obviously, Jawan, everybody knows what he can do in this league. Uh, one of the top scorers for Evansville. He can come off the bench for us. Can see that happening. But, yeah, no no big surprises. Obviously, the, the biggest nag is the six guys on the first team. But um, then having Murray State a little too low and you and I being a little too high. So, um, overall, this hopefully um, this is where we can finish in that top three where we're picked. Always want to be picked above where you're above or where you were picked. So um, hopefully we can do that. But yeah, excited for this year. Um, like I said, love to see, hopefully somebody comes out with the MV, the player of the year voting. I think I usually see something like that on Twitter. I'll look for it, but yeah, a lot of newcomers. Um, I'd love to know how the voting works because of Ben Shepard's Ben Shepard's making first team. And if, if he's allowed on the newcomer team, since they're a new team in the Valley, I think he runs away with that award. Not sure how that works. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that is something we would like to know. It seems like some specifics on that. Sometimes we either don't ever know a reasoning or anything be, be behind that. So you're right. It'll be it'll be interesting. And I'm just seeing on this on this article it says of starters returning loss because we, you know, and they go through this about obviously who's back and who's not. And we talked about how maybe that was a reason why you know some people were picked clearly. Missouri State's got one returning starter. We know that's Donovan Clay, and that's four. But they're in the middle of the pack. Belmont also is only returning one. That's Ben, and they lost four. And then, I mean, Bradley three, a returning three, lost two. Drake three and two. Evansville one. And everyone, it's it's Evansville, UIC, Illinois State, Belmont, Missouri State, Murray State, and you and I all have one returning starter, and they'll have four new guys. We're at three and two, like I said, like Bradley and Drake. And then Valpo's the only returning two and lost three, so they'll be replacing that. Like we said, that kind of could could play a factor in some preseason rankings. So, and we will dive into it'll be a really long episode next week of everything of previewing us, our season, having our picks, and we'll obviously go through every team and who to watch out for this year, like a preview of that before we play them. Because we outside of Evansville and Indiana State, we won't see any other Valley teams till the start of the year, so it'll be a while. So we'll. We'll talk about those clearly as time goes on. Now, Noah, getting through that now, let's focus on Ken Palm. We know, you know, Ken Palm is usually, you know, a big thing overall. And if people are unaware of what Ken Palm is still, it's a model that uses data to measure, obviously, a team's teams based on their efficiency on both sides of the the floor. We know we were a really good, you know, defensive team last year. We kind of struggled to score. We'll see if that changes us. This year, Noah, because, I mean, they have us pretty high on the season. I think, obviously, they're taking a lot of that into account uh, for us. 
where Kim Palm dive into, obviously, where they have us in Nats, and then we'll dive into Mid-Major Madness, we know, is a, is a big uh, Twitter account, and they had us, you know, in the middle of the pack of that as well. So a lot of expectations people are putting on us. We will dive into that. And actually, I'm just saying, because we retweeted it, right? Sorry, this is a, a new breaking team update that you retweeted about 16 minutes ago about the team posting for the media day and the video that we see every year. So that'll be pumped for that. Noah, thoughts on that? And then dive into where we rank in Ken Pop, because I just saw these. Yeah, uh, exciting to see. Lowering, always getting to see the video board vibes and stuff like that and seeing those photos. Um, they usually do a pretty good job on that video while during the starting lineup. So excited to see that. And, yeah, the Ken Pom rankings for – um, not just only us, for everybody in the Valley. Um, obviously, top in the Valley at 79 is Drake, um, followed by our Salukis at 90. So not a big gap there, um, according to the Kempom model. So i um, like to see that. Next in line is 124, at, which is Bradley. Then 125, Belmont. 126 is Northern Iowa. So three in a row there. Then at 129, Murray State. So model is a lot higher on Murray State than the uh, preseason poll is. Uh, lower on Missouri State than the poll is at 134. Indiana State at 135. Then you have to go all the way down to 215 to Illinois State, 216 Valpo, 272 Illinois or UIC, then 337 all the way down there for Evansville. So that's a really low, really low level for Evansville, obviously. Um, the seasons they're coming off of, um, but yeah, we got some, we got some. Seeing that many teams in the top, I think it's like that every year. But in the top one thirty-five is really good. Um, I think I've talked to you off air about um, here at the start of this non-conference. These top five or six are going to have to carry this team because some of those teams down there aren't going to carry the load. So um, being at ninety, being a top one hundred team. I remember last year being a bit of the year we were in top 100 and beating or getting close to that, pushing for that margin, but we were able to knock off some teams like Colorado um, in that top 100 to help us up. I forget what we got to. I think we got pretty close, but never got to that mark. Yeah, you're right. And it was even some of those conference games that, uh, you know, that we lost that were really close that could have helped us because, yeah, Bradley – I think was hovering around us at the, at the end of, or the end of last season or us hovering around them. And we know, you know, net and all that stuff is humongous in college basketball in terms of how you, you know, you're looked at at the end of the year and where, what you could do postseason wise that, yeah, it's important for the Valley teams. We mentioned how some have better non-cons than others. Uh, We remember like, you know, Drake, Belmont, UNI, which if UNI doesn't have Fife and they have Bowen Bourne leading the way and a couple other players, they're going to struggle and they're good non-con schedule. We talked about, and yeah, you did mention how some teams are going to have to carry and that's, we should be able to hold, you know, hold our end of the bargain on that. And you're right at 337 for Evansville is ridiculous. I mean, how many total D1 teams are there? Like 350 or like three. Who knows? I mean, they're near the bottom. That's kind of incredible in terms of how they're going to be on both sides of the ball. We're thinking they'll be a little bit better than that. That's all a wait and see. Talk about how their non-con isn't great. They have a lot of, like, mid-majors, I believe. But, yeah, it's good to be at 90. That is one of the highest we've been. And, yeah, not too far behind Drake. It's interesting. And Drake's going to be the team to beat, obviously. So, And 
you mentioned how, yeah, we have really good defense and you mentioned, you know, some people have an us at newcomer. It's just in general, like we're, we're bringing in guys and we'll get to it next week. We might be just as good or better. We're thinking maybe better on defense this year. That's a wait and see along with better on offense. So everyone sees how we're picked this high. Like I said, it's just living up to it. And we mentioned how, again, net over time and your strength of schedule can help you. And hopefully we can, you know, hit that running off the start of the year because we've talked about our schedule that's you know around in the middle of december it's really weak but we're really top heavy in terms of you know obviously november and er very early december about you know games that we should hopefully compete in and look to win so that's a wait and see and then camp also had the mid-major top 25 and we are on here at 17 and uh drake is only 12 you see loyola at seven you see utah state where garrison's going at 10 uh Dayton who I think everyone's saying they're returning five starters and they're we talked about how them and the A10 gonna be really good. Uh San Diego State people are picking I feel like every year they say San Diego State's gonna be uh you know pushing for a final four and people are really saying that this year. And then a lot and SLU at three is notable clearly because we play them. So no a lot of good teams on this. Seeing us at 17 above teams like Richmond who's picked a you know, be really good. Colorado State, you know, Western Kentucky with John A's, Jamarion Sharp, San Francisco at 25. What else sticks out to you? And seeing us at 17, we haven't been on one of these lists in a long time. Again, it just shows that the expectations a lot of people have for us this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our expectations are high, but it seems like the outside outside media is a lot higher than maybe we are. But, um, yeah, it's crazy to see Drake – only at 12 is it's kind of maybe a low, but those teams in front of them, obviously Dayton and SLU, we'll get to see SLU, but Dayton picked in front of SLU in the A-10. Uh, St. Mary's BYU, always good. UAB bringing back um, their tournament team pretty much. Um, obviously Loyola being in there. Wyoming, I think they bring back a lot of their tournament team. North Texas and Tyler Perry. Um, I think they had a pretty good scrimmage. Um, I think maybe Minnesota they scrimmaged the other day. I seen the Utah State. Furman's a really good team. I think one of our Valley schools plays them on the road. Um, yeah, this is somebody plays St. Mary's too, right? Yeah, I think some of these school. So I think uh, you and I goes to Richmond. So um, yeah, seeing us in front of some of these schools is pretty cool. Um, obviously, VCU and Richmond behind us, Colorado State, DCU, those schools. Um, seeing Towson's on there, it's kind of shocking. Didn't know their basketball program was that good. Um, but Vermont and San Fran and Western Kentucky. Uh, yeah, we haven't been on, like you said, when this is Ken Com's mid-major top 25. So um, we haven't been in the top 25 in Ken Palm, it feels like, forever. So it's good to be back on there. Hopefully the high expectations are met. Yeah, and they're going to have these throughout the season. Like they'll even mid major madness themselves will have their own mid major, you know, top twenty five throughout the year. It would be nice to stick around that. Obviously, yeah, and it, uh, we treat mid major like how we need to treat the FCS, like in terms of rankings and where we rank and what other teams are doing. Because obviously, it's a, it's a fever dream to be ranked in the top twenty five. But, you know, obviously we've done it before a long time ago, not saying we have, should have those expectations this year. It depends if you can beat these great teams to start out the year and a lot of chaos happens around. You never know. But uh, outside of that, it's fun to keep up with mid-major. Like I said, they'll be coming out with this every week or so. 
with like where teams rank and they said they didn't have Gonzaga or any American athletic conference team on here. So uh, you're right. Towson on here. That's where Tim Leonard came from. So it's like, they don't miss him right away in terms of how they got their schedule, how they're looked at this year. That's just funny that you did mention that. So yeah, that'll be fun to keep up with all your, like we said, Loyola at seven and you know, off the top of my head, cause I, we were going to dive into here. I'll start off on this. If you wouldn't care to go find the a 10, uh, uh, rankings or preseason poll this year. I'll go through quickly OVC because there's a shock on here to us a little bit. Uh, just quickly on the OVC. And like I said, if he gets that up for other mid-major conferences that were most notable, you know, keep up with that Moorhead State's picked to win the OVC with 138 points, not too far behind them. It's Tennessee State. We know we get them. So, uh, yeah, some teams, I mean, UT Martin ahead of SEMO and SIUE. We've been high on SIUE this year thinking that they were going to win it. I mean, even granted it was months ago. I don't know who he's had in here recently. Uh, Joe Lenardi had SIUE, you know, in the tournament and winning the OVC. Like I said, that was months back. Maybe that's changed. It's weird seeing them fifth on here. And then no, obviously little rock and, and USI right behind, or there's a big gap between little rock and USI, but uh, those are obviously teams we play this year and right away in the season, the first week of the season, they're in the middle of the pack and the Tennessee Tech, Eastern Illinois with Marty Simmons, we know. Uh, and then Jermaine, or we'll get to all that you dive in. If he's still there, then they have a former Illinois player, whether he's still there. And then Lindenwood finishing out with only 23 votes. And like I said, your thoughts on this and then dive into the A-10. SIUE in the middle of the pack is kind of shocking to us, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's kind of shocking. Um I know they have some new faces, so, um, but seeing that where they're at, uh, I thought they would pick a little higher. Um, but obviously, Moorhead State's done a really good job, but they lost so much, like you said. The Tennessee State has a really good basketball team. We'll get to see them and what Brad Cord's doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lindenwood, Eastern Illinois, Tennessee Tech, not good ball teams. USI has a decent ball club. We'll get to see them obviously, but um, it's it's crazy to see. Um, I was looking for A-10, and I don't know if it's came out yet. Maybe it has. I want to say I did see it because I saw. I thought I saw – maybe it was like John Rothstein who posted it. Maybe it's not like the actual, you know, conference that posted it. I don't know if – because I know you find stuff fast if you could. It, so, you know, I might look here once I hand it back over to you, but it is crazy. We play five of these OVC schools. That's just crazy. It's nice to play, to beat up on the OVC. We know some of these are, you know, might be tough matchups, even though some shouldn't be. We know SIUE should make it six, Noah. But uh, dive into – because also they have the, the preseason all, MV, all OVC. There's like 20 players on here. So they do it this way. I know there's some familiar faces on there. Yeah, uh, I just found the – real quick, I found the A-10. Um, Dayton picked first, SLU second, VCU three, Loyola four, George Mason five, followed by Davidson, Richmond, UMass, Rhode Island, St. Bonaventure being at 10. Um, that surprises me. Fordham, George Washington, St. Joseph's, LaSalle, and Duquesne. Wow. I mean – yeah, like I said, I just knew remember Duquesne, we almost played them a couple of years ago, how far they've fallen. But A is gonna be special. If if Dayton's gonna be the team they're supposed to be, we know Slew's gonna be great. 
Loyola is going to give people fights all year and then BCU. That will be so much fun. I can't, some of these mid majors, I cannot wait to keep up with. And that will be one. They have a lot of teams. They, they could be a three or four bid league into the, in the, in the tournament. And we know people have been talking about how expanding the, you know, the NCAA tournament, which will make it easier for a lot of conferences to have that. That's, you know, down the road. I just remember seeing that recently. A lot of people don't like that, but yeah, they will have, that'll be so much fun. It, it's fun that we play one of those. We talked about how we could have scheduled Loyola as well, but they will be great. Now dive into the OV and a lot, you know, as time goes on, we'll find maybe the, the all uh, a 10 team as well. I have you know, dive well. into, go ahead, lay that on us. Well, it's, some it, familiar faces, if there are. Yeah, there's some familiar faces, but um, kind of make me mad that I see it. They have six guys on each of their first, second, and third team, which makes no oh sense. Yeah. But Foster Lawyer, Lawyer Davidson, really good player. Deron Holmes, a second at Dayton. Josh Oduro at George Mason. George Mason. Tyler Burton, Richmond. Yuri Collins, obviously at SLU. And Ace Baldwin at VCU on the first team. A second team has some familiar names in Gibson, Jimerson, Javante Perkins of SLU. Then on that third team, Braden Norris um, and Francis Okoro of SLU. So Braden Norris makes the third team the only Loyola Rambler selected for the out of 18 guys of the first, second, or third team. Yeah, didn't you say, because they played the other day, and you saw that the Butler transfer, the big that we beat a couple years ago, led them in scoring. And it's because we know Sheldon Edwards is there. Obviously, maybe he wouldn't be picked for those. We know how good he is. Slew will have a lot of players on there. Okoro might be a little too low on there on the third team. But uh, like I said, didn't you, didn't you see Loyola play? Do you know how they did? If you remember, I remember you showing it to me. And uh, like I said, were... their big man led them in scoring. Yeah, a lot of the – a lot of uh, I think a lot of the reports don't show scores, but um, they had another transfer. I can't remember where he's from, like California University of Pennsylvania, be really good. Um, then the kid from, like you mentioned, the big the big guy from uh, Butler did pretty good. I think he had like fifteen and eight or something. Um, so they did a pretty good job. They scrambled. They uh they had against Marquette, um, so interesting scramble there or scramble scrimmage I should say, um, them to have a score like Marquette. It's hopefully some reports come out for ours, but um, yeah, it's interesting they're picked fourth in a new league like that, and only having one guy on that third team. So it'll be interesting to follow how they do. Yeah, and, and after every recap of our and preview as well, we'll have obviously what other Valley teams are doing to start their non-con, and we'll try to like pinpoint teams that, and we know every every time we play somebody, we will follow how they do the rest of the year, all that typical stuff we do. But we will be following Loyola and other mid-majors that stick out. We know we do that in the FCS with football. There's a lot more in basketball, but we'll try to go through a lot of those, mainly the Valley teams. But we'll try to go through a lot, so – Quickly here, the preseason all OVC. Like we said, there's at least, I didn't count, there's at least 15 on here. Uh, but no, the first one on here, obviously, it's not based off like who's, I don't know who's picked to win the player of the year for them. Knowing Mark Freeman, is this the Mark Freeman from the Illinois State, from Moorhead State? Correct. Like I said, there's is at least 15 t- players on here. So it seems like, and he's the only Moorhead State player, and they're picked first. So that shows you, obviously, we know how good he is. 
if he's the only one on there, that is interesting. Some SEMO players, Chris Harris, we know really well. He went to John A. Stud. He's one of the leading scorers. Philip Russell, we know, is a heck of a score as well. Rayshon Taylor, no, we know really well. We knew him in high school in Collinsville. Really good player. He didn't play his first year, and then he lit the world on fire before he got hurt, right? Last year, he's a stud. Not too familiar with Dijuan Pruitt. I'll let you dive into these after I'm done. Uh, USI has a player, Jelani Simmons. We'll keep his name, you know, afloat before we play them. And you know, Tennessee State, we mentioned how we play them. They have four players on here, some players we know about that we've said. Uh, Tennessee Tech has one, and then UT Martin has two. And you know, I'll dive into your thoughts on that. Yeah, obviously, uh, we know what Mark Freeman can do. Um, then we know what watching Chris Harris play at John A and see what he's became down there. Uh, Philip Russell, really good ball player out of the St. Louis area as well. Uh, watching Rayshon Taylor play a lot in high school. Um, knew he was under-recruited, probably just wanted to stay home and play in front of his fam- friends and family. Um, there's some guys that uh, I remember we reached out to, Junior Clay um, in the transfer portal. Zion Griffin, we reached out a while ago. Dedrick Boyd, we know who that is. Um, so it's good to see Tennessee State on here. It just makes um, that game a better resume game for us if it ends up being one we need to be pretty good. So um, interesting interesting to see. They they do thir- – I think I counted 13. Crazy they do 13. I'm glad we don't do it that way. Um, you could easily break them down individual teams. Yeah, I think it obviously – if you do it teams or if you just do a big list, I don't think you can go wrong with either. It's just weird. Like we were weird on six because it's just something we're not used to. And it really doesn't make sense, but a whole list I think makes more sense than adding a six to a five for some reason. It's better to have the teams for sure, but they do it this way and that is what it is. And you're right. I want to say Noah that we talked about it, that Ray Sean might've been picked OVC player of the year. Maybe not. I just feel like there was something in my mind. Cause I remember, like I said, he was playing last year and he got hurt ended his season, but they have I a lot think, of good players. Like, Go ahead. I think it was uh, like one of those uh, just uh, like our poll came out earlier. I think it was just one of those accounts that did it. Um, KJ Simon of UT Martin. I just looked it up. Was picked for preseason OVC player of the year. Yeah, and he's only one or th- one of three seniors. There's some grad transfers on here as well, but yeah, and UT Martin, like I said, picked uh, third. So they should have some talent. It'll be nice keeping up with all these teams. And, yeah, we play a lot of teams that have play, a lot of teams in general, five, and a lot of players that are on this list. So it'll be fun to keep up with all year as time goes on. And I think that's all we have today. We mentioned how we, they just came out with pictures they post, a video they have for the preseason. Yeah, in years past, I mean, there's nothing like seeing that video at Arch Madness. It's just, you know, knowing when when we're at home and we watch them, they stick out of some that are good. We had a really good one last year, hoping for even better one hopefully this year. So outside of that, for a team update, we went through everything. This will happen again next week, but we mentioned again, we will have our season preview next week. It will be a long one. Like I said, predictions for win-loss. We'll try to go through our team in general uh, before we know anything, obviously, before November 7th hits of – you know, is Kagan a red shirt? Is is you know who's gonna and we'll go into like what we think the lineup should be, rotations, all that, like we always do. Uh, and then obviously we'll go through again our conference awards and standings predictions for the end of the year. We might preview Alabama as well. 
a lot to get to next week. It was a good one this week. It's good to be talking basketball again. It'll be here before we know it. 19 days, and we know the scrimmages come up the next couple weekends. We'll try to keep you guys updated for anything like Kansas State. Uh, next time we talk, Kansas State will be passed. Try to get some information on that. Uh, it's going to be a really fun year. A lot of expectations on us, like we said. Noah, final thoughts? Yeah, obviously can't wait um, for this season to get here. Obviously, we've been in full swing of football, but uh, once basketball gets here, it's going to be a lot better. Um, can't wait for it. Um, obviously, get Kansas State coming up, a team that's going to be picked to the bottom of the Big 12, and then get an Alabama team that brought in a top three recruiting class in the country and that would probably picked up in the top four or five of the SEC. So um, some good opportunities for us. Exciting to see how this um, season comes along here. And you're right. We have been involved with football. We'll keep up with those, obviously, but we will have one once a week as we talked about next week's preview. No matter what day it'll be on, obviously we know that we'll do it no matter what. We try on Wednesday. And then our next one after that will be like a – because I'll be out of town the early part of November. I'll be back the night of we play. And we'll talk about this again. The night we play, Little Rock. Uh, but we'll do a preview earlier than that. So the next two weeks we'll have one each week. So we're ramping right up, and that's perfectly into the season. So looking forward to it, it will be a fun one. Until next week, I'm Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, go dogs.